You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysfromthecouch.com, and I just scared the crap out of Kita co-host as she has quickly bolted from the studio and likely will not be heard of again for the rest of the episode. So I apologize to those of you who enjoy her takes on the Blue Jays outfielding shifts. Um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we have the results of a Blue Jays game to dish about, which is good. I will be talking about that coming up, but obviously the big news for the Blue Jays lately has been the sheer volume of transactions that have been occurring. And one in particular caught the eyes of Blue Jays fans last night going into today, and it was less a move that caused optimism and more perplexion. Uh, late last night, the Blue Jays announced they acquired the recently designated for assignment Daniel Vogelbach from the Mariners in exchange for cash considerations. Basically, they bought Daniel Vogelbach. Started throwing around some of that Rogers money. It was, it was a, I have to imagine it was a cheap deal. I mean... A guy rivaling Hunter Pence in batting average is going to be fairly inexpensive. Vogelback was batting 096 so far for the Mariners in 2020. Five hits and 53 at-bats is not good. Even Brandon Drury looks at that as like, ew, ugh, you need to hit better, dude. Um, but yeah, uh, Vogelback was an all-star last year. I know. Remember when we had All-Star Games? Daniel Vogelback made it for the Mariners. He was their uh, their representative heading to the game. Uh, he hit 30 home runs last year, but he batted 208. And the main reason that this was surprising for Blue Jays fans, uh, aside from the fact that, you know, they acquired a no 96 header. Um, Daniel Vogelback is a free swinging, portly first baseman slash DH type who bats left handed, doesn't really hit for average, but can hit for power like nobody's business. Now, does that sound familiar to Blue Jays fans? It should, because it sounds an awful lot like Rowdy Telez, who they already have. But, to be fair, Vogelback is not on the Major League roster. He, I believe he claimed Anthony Alford's 40-man slot. But the whole dynamics around that are pretty fluid. So Vogelback likely going to be at Rochester for the first little bit. But still, it begs the question, why acquire him when Rowdy Telez is right there? And when Rowdy Telez is actually doing much better than Daniel Vogelbach this season. 
couple things. One, Daniel Vogelback does draw more walks than Rowdy Telez. He has a very good batter's eye that has been developed over his time. He, he's been a good prospect for a while. He was, uh, he was the Cubs' top first base prospect before they got Anthony Rizzo and put him in the way. So Vogelback was traded to Seattle in the Mike Montgomery deal. But, yeah, other other than the batting eye, I mean, his defense is comparable at best to Rowdy. And, again, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And I know I was talking before on this podcast, if you're going to go after someone, I'd rather go after Brock Holt. Now we're hearing word Brock Holt's planning on retiring to spend more time with his family, which, if you saw his Instagram post before the season, made a lot of sense. So, that's fine. But even if you're looking for a bench bat, and you already have Rowdy Telez, wouldn't you be looking for an outfielder? I mean, not that there are many of those available either. I mean, the Pirates designated Guillermo Heredia for assignment today, but I don't see anyone clamoring to get him because he signed a $1 million deal in the offseason and was worth about eight at-bats for a terrible Pittsburgh team. So, why would you want that? They already had Anthony Alfred, they DFA'd him. So, what is the end game? Well, one can argue that by buying incredibly low on Daniel Vogelbach, what the Blue Jays can then do is, in their quest for starting pitching... They can now offer up Rowdy Telez. And I know there are a few people who would not be a fan of that. Um, it Rowdy has acquitted himself all right this season. I mean, he's not lighting the world on fire, but <laughs> we can't all be Charlie Blackman in this season. But Rowdy appeared to have been doing enough in a timeshare. With Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first base and DH. He's batting 227. Uh, he has four home runs, 13 RBIs, an on base of 288. So uh, he's not walking nearly as much as Vogelbach, but it seems like the front office is willing to sacrifice Telez who is two years younger than Vogelbach as well, but keep um, the imported first baseman, who also, this, this is a thing, uh, Vogelbach throws with his right hand, so it uh, actually makes it easier for him to stretch and get the ball. Rowdy Telez throws with his left hand, so he has to, you know, tilt his body a little differently. Um... I know that's a really minor thing, but sometimes that's what people are thinking about. Anyway, they must think that uh, working with Guillermo Martinez and Dante Pichette can help unlock uh, what's been plaguing Vogelbach since the All-Star game last season, because his batting average just cratered after that. I don't know. It seems to be a low-risk move, and it does open up the possibility that Rowdy gets flipped. And the Blue Jays could really use the starting pitching with Trent Thornton going back on the IL today. Um, 
Travis Bergen has been added to the roster. Bergen finally set to make his Blue Jays debut. First time he comes onto the mound, he pitched for the Giants last year after being claimed in the Rule 5 draft. Um, and then uh, San Francisco waived him. They had to offer him back to Toronto, and Toronto's like, heck yeah, we'll take him back. Um, <laughs> the reason Bergen did not last with San Francisco um, he had a 549 ERA in 21 games, and he was being used primarily as a lefty specialist, which doesn't really exist this season, as evidenced by Aaron Leap today. But Bergen did well enough in the inter-squad games and at the alternate site to warrant consideration, especially with the control issues that Ryan Barucki has had. Um... This gives Toronto another lefty arm in the pen to go with Barucki and with Anthony Kay. And also just spelled out how terrible Thomas Pannone had to be uh, to not make this team. Because Pannone was the one who was DFA'd to make room for Bergen on the 40-man roster. And that is a steep decline for Pannone, who a lot of us thought, you know, if this was a normal season... And you had, you know, minor leagues and stuff. Pannone probably would have made the team anyway as the lefty option because there were no lefty options in the bullpen. But instead, uh, Pannone and his 543 career ERA uh, are done in Toronto for the time being. And it's very possible Pannone can be claimed because as a swingman lefty kind of guy, that's going to be attractive. I mean, uh Speaking of those Pirates, they claimed Carson Fulmer from the Tigers today. And, yeah, both those teams are desperate for pitching help. So, Pannone may be very attractive and may be flipped to get the cash back that they got for Vogelbach. But, it's still interesting that, you know, despite the Blue Jays' need for innings, they never look Pannone's way. It kind of tells you where he's fallen. Like, I put TJ Zoic in the same category. Um, but it it became clear once he didn't break camp with the team that, you know, he, he was hanging on by a thread. So, pour one out for Thomas Pannone. He doesn't get the same treatment as Anthony Alford because there's too many things going on. Um, but yeah, that brings you up to date on the uh, 28-man roster moves that the Blue Jays have made. We're going to talk about the game today in Tampa Bay coming up, but just want to give you a heads up that much like Pannone's world got rocked by the news that he was no longer on the 40-man roster, you don't have to get shocked like that when you're shopping for auto parts for your car. You just go to rockauto.com. It's a family business that's been serving customers online for over 20 years. They have a very easy-to-navigate website that helps you find everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil and carpet, whatever you can need to get your vehicle in tip-top shape. You can go to rockauto.com and know that you're going to get a reliably low price, no matter if you're a professional mechanic or just puttering around the garage. 
You don't have to spend twice as much for the same parts. Just go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when they ask, how did you hear about us? Put locked on in a box so they know you came from us and we get some credit and everyone's happy. So just remember, there's amazing selection and reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so admittedly I missed about half of today's game because I was out doing errands. I was going to the specialty food place in Halifax to get cilantro sour cream because I was making fajitas tonight. They turned out very well. Thank you. Um, so I didn't get a chance to see Tanner Roark pitch today, but Roark acquitted himself well enough. Like, he made it five innings. That's basically all you can ask for out of a Blue Jays starter nowadays. It's why they're carrying 16 pitchers and 12 batters, but no, he, he did enough to keep the Blue Jays in the game. Against Blake Snell. And that's kind of big. Because, like, if you had any game circled in this series that the Blue Jays were going to lose, it would be this one. But yeah, Roark kept it close. Um, and then when uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. took Snell deep in the sixth inning and chased him out of the game, you know, that had to give the Blue Jays some semblance of hope going forward because I mean the Blue Jays bullpen is being held together by rubber bands and like Play-Doh at this point Um, very much proven by uh, the tag team that let the Blue Jays kind of come in and steal this one Um, Edgar Garcia is a pitcher that the Rays uh, grabbed from the Phillies for cash considerations and he proved to be sufficiently wild which is why he did not stick around with the Phillies and then Aaron Loop came in and Randall Gritchick's back held up long enough for Gritch to power out a three-run home run off the former Blue Jays lefty and that was it traded late runs but Blue Jays held on for a 6-4 win, split the series in the trop, and now we don't have to go to Tampa for the rest of the season unless we meet them in the playoffs, and that would be kind of ick. But, yay! Hopefully it's in a bubble, and the bubble's not in Tampa. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good little fight back for this team, a team that had been so sneak-bitten in Tampa, they went four and six against them this season, and four of the losses were by one run. So they are at least being competitive with the best team in the division. And don't snipe at me, Yankees fans. You want to be the best team in the division? Don't be injured. So, yeah, that leaves the Blue Jays at 14 and 13. Um, After the three-game series coming up against the Red Sox, they will have officially completed half the season. And we have to expect they're going to be above 500 at this point. 
or at least at 500. I mean, they'd have to be swept by Boston to be below 500. And that Boston team ain't sweeping anybody. It is, it is not good. I mean, they're, they're selling off parts now. So, yeah, it, it's weird to, to think, but this is where we expected the Blue Jays to be. We expected them to be around 500, maybe a little bit above. And hopefully putting something together to, you know, make a run at a playoff spot. It's a lot easier now. They're currently in a playoff spot because over half the league is in a playoff spot. There are two teams that are two games below 500 in the National League that are in a playoff spot. So can't be that hard. But the Blue Jays are managing to do it. And... You know, the bullpen did another good job today. Thomas Hatch came out for two excellent innings where the Rays just couldn't get contact on him. Um, Rafael Dolis managed to, you know, fend off some tough at-bats and get through an inning. And then Jordan Romano came out and did his squats and just intimidated the Rays into folding. Which is how this team should be working right now. And and it's going to be this way at least until Ken Giles is back off the IL. Um, and Bo Bichette as well. Which they're not expecting Bo back until September. It's why Ruben Tejada was added to the taxi squad, likely. Because they needed another infield option. For now, this team is clicking. And... Obviously, you're hoping that the issues with Grichik's back are minor, which it sounds like. I mean, he was pulled for precautionary reasons. So that's better than, yeah, he has to come out. But, yeah, it's it's a nice little boost on a Monday, especially after another weekend of just, like, heartbreak when you're like, all right, well, the Blue Jays, they can make the playoffs, but they're not going to make any noise. Now, even with that 4-6 and six record, you kind of think this team can make a little noise. You know, send out Hyunjin Ryu for the first start. And then, you know, send out a combination of Tanner Roark and Matt Shoemaker for the second. And then come back with Pearson in the third. Because Pearson's apparently feeling better. So, he could be off the IL um, some point next week. So, yeah, there's a lot to like. Don't know if Daniel Vogelbach will make any contributions, but we shall see. And we shall see you tomorrow. Um, it'll be a lot easier if you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, however you get podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Jay so you don't miss an episode. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Jays, and you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb like the conservative party. Hey, you don't want me to f- make fun of you? Don't make a bigoted marshmallow your leader. I'm sorry. He's just... <sighs> The only reason he wasn't the worst person in that election is because Derek Sloan is somehow just a 4chan troll come to life. But anyway, you didn't come here for politics. And you're probably flipping through to the end anyway. See, market is played in your device. So, 
I'll wrap up and say for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jeezfromthecouch.com. I'm A.J. Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode. And y'all take care.